welcome to the Image Makeover Podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to be made over into the image of Jesus. On this episode, we'll be talking with Andrew Canolenberg about the importance of prayer in the image makeover process and how we make it a part of our church culture. Uh, my name is Nick Euler. I'm our host uh, for the Image Makeover podcast. And today I'm here with a special guest, uh, our worship pastor at New Life in Morton. It's uh, Andrew Canolenberg. And so I'm going to uh, ask him to, to introduce himself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrew. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have been serving in the local church for the past six years full time. Um, I went to Liberty University and studied worship leadership and, and pastoral leadership there. And then coming right out of college, I served at my first church, which was Kimsville Baptist Church in Virginia Beach. Uh, I served as the worship and youth pastor there, and uh, I was there for five years. And then God called me out to, to Morton, Illinois, to serve as the worship and life groups pastor uh, at New Life Church. And so I've been here for the past year, a little bit over a year. And uh, yeah, I just have a heart for the local church and uh, a love for leading God's people in worship. So uh, that's a little bit about my uh, full-time ministry experience. Um, so yeah, that's okay. So today we want to talk about prayer in the local church. Uh, first off, what, what, what is prayer? What does the Bible talk about it? Uh, tell us about prayer. And then what are some ways that we can really implement it into the, the life of the church? Uh, so that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about today. So, um, so we're just going to have a conversation and just kind of talk about what, what prayer looks like in the local church. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, your prayer is, you know, I think if, if you ask a congregation about prayer, like if, if they feel like prayer, they struggle with having a consistent right. prayer life, if they could raise their hands, probably everybody would raise their hands. Like right. every single one of us probably feel like our prayer life could be better. And, uh, and which is a good thing, you know, it's a good thing that we can have this like drive to, to have a more consistent prayer life. Um, but prayer is just all about our, our relationship with Christ. It's all about communication and, and just l us living in this atmosphere of prayer. You know, we take that, that verse pray without ceasing and we don't really know what that means. We're like, how can I pray without ceasing? How can I, uh, how can I be on my knees? How can I bow my head and talking to God 24 seven? Well, that's impossible, but that's not what pray without ceasing is talking no, about. It's uh, it's more about l us living in the atmosphere of prayer. And I like to kind of relate it to this. Like I live in the atmosphere of communication with God. Right. I live in the atmosphere of communication with my wife. So I'm like, I'm not texting my wife. I'm not calling her. I'm not talking to her 24 seven, but throughout the day, I'll shoot her a text. I'm in the middle of my work day. I'll shoot her a text and say, Hey, how's your day going? Yeah. Or, or what are you up to right now? And it's just kind of us living in this atmosphere of communication. And that's essentially what prayer is, is us living in this atmosphere of communication with God. Right. Um, communication isn't always about just talking, it's no. about listening and being present with the other person. And we forget that in prayer. And over time, I kind of have realized that God doesn't just want us to do the talking. He wants us to sit and listen as well. Right. And uh, I mean, when you do that, when you have this, when you come to this place in your life where you are talking to God, but you can also kind of sit in solitude and you can sit in silence and listen, God will reveal like a lot of things to you. 
Oh, and uh, it's not just us talking, doing all the talking. It's us listening as well, kind of like you're saying. And so just it's so important for us to live in the atmosphere of prayer. It's, yeah. And when our thoughts uh, turn to worry, like when, throughout the day, we're, we're worrying about something or, or we're feeling fearful or discouragement or, or angry about something, you know, prayer is is us. We're, we're to consciously and quickly turn every thought into prayer and every prayer into thanksgiving. That's why Paul, when he writes to, to uh, this letter to the Philippians, he commands us to stop being anxious and and he's, instead, he says, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so he taught, he also taught the believers at Colossae to devote themselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And uh, we see it again in Ephesians when he uh, exhorts the, the Ephesian believers to see prayer as a weapon, prayer as a weapon to right. be used as uh, in, our, in fighting our spiritual battles. And so as, as we kind of go throughout the day, living in this atmosphere of communication like we've talked about, um, prayer should be our first response. Yeah, it should be. Like when you're angry or anxious, instead of just thinking about it more and stewing on it, we need to, to pray right away yeah. when you have those. That, that that was one thing I was reading the book uh, Prayer Coach uh, mm. by um, James Nicoderm, and I'll have a link for that on our website. But um, but that book really opened my eyes to that idea of, you know, whenever you're anxious, whenever you're angry, whenever uh, you're happy and thankful, to go to turn right to prayer. And, and it doesn't have to be long. It can just be just a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a really good spot in our life to be at is when kind of every thought like that, we, we immediately present, you know, that request to God. It's like, yeah. Lord, Lord, take away my anxious thoughts. Lord, I cast my, my anxious thoughts on you. And I think that a, a lack of prayer will actually cause us to depend on ourselves exactly. instead of depending on God's grace. And, and so it's a good spot to be in in your life when you can... Uh, and it's so countercultural oh, because yeah. the culture is all about doing it yourself, uh, making sure that you're, you're in charge, that you can, uh, you can take care of yourself. And when you can't, when you're dependent on somebody, that's looked at as a bad thing. But in God's kingdom, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's totally backwards. You know, it's mm-hmm. totally backwards. And so I think that there, with prayer, there is this, like there's this spirit of dependence yeah. that should kind of permeate all that we do. And, and this is the kind of the very essence of, of what prayer is, is it's our display of dependence on God. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, you know, that's why, that's why Jesus uses that parable and says that, um, to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Yeah. You know, because I think that it's easy to, to lose heart when it comes to prayer. Maybe you're in this spot where you feel like uh, your prayer, prayer isn't working for you or you feel like um, it's just not doing anything. That's why this parable is so, so effective. And it's like, no, don't lose heart in prayer, yeah. because even though God may seem distant from you, he may seem like he's not answering your prayers. He is. He is answering your prayers. And sometimes that answer is a no. But he's answering it and he is actively working yeah. um, on your behalf. So. And sometimes it's a wait until yeah. something else. So it's like all these other dominoes have to fall before that is answered. And you don't you never see those or you don't understand how that it, how it works. But yeah. sometimes he's working on it, but you don't see the, the him working on it. Yeah. Yes. No or wait. Mm-hmm. Like God is a, is a God who's going to answer our prayers. But I think when we get that answer, no, sometimes we're like, Oh God didn't answer my prayer. I asked, I asked for a new Ferrari. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, uh, you know, uh, God might've said no to that. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, I think, it, I think it's uh, really important to, uh, to never come to a point in your life where you, where you cease to pray 
at all. Um, like not abandoning the hope of God. And we're kind of talking about how it, it's easy to lose heart, I guess, right. when pray when when we pray and in our prayer life, and we might think, oh, there's no use praying. It's not really work. It's not really working. And you know, the Bible does say that that, that God is a jealous God. It's not jealous of us. He's not a sinful God, but He is jealous for us to learn to learn this. You know, and um, so that's why I love that parable in, in Luke 18 when, when he says to the fact that they ought uh, always to pray and not lose heart um, because I, I think it's easy to lose heart in prayer, unfortunately, and it's easy to uh, become stale in our prayer life mm-hmm. and, and how much we're praying and and, uh, and how much we're actually living in the atmosphere of prayer. But I think it all comes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. It all comes back to relationship. Yeah. You know, it's like, what if my relationship with my wife, we just weren't communicating like throughout the day, I wouldn't send her a text or, uh, you know, I wouldn't talk to her all day. It's like our relationship probably wouldn't be very good. No. Right. And so it's the same way with God. And uh, it's all about a relationship. And um, yeah, that's, it's super important. Mm-hmm. So how do we bring that to our congregations? What are some things, what are some ways that we can incorporate prayer and kind of help our people so that they can uh, be better at prayer and have more of a rich experience? What are ways that we can kind of do some of that, like on a Sunday in worship or maybe in a small group? That uh, what, are, what are ways that we can really um, dive in and make this a reality for our churches? Yeah, I, I don't think that we need to come up. I don't think that we need to come up with like the most creative ways to implement prayer in our church. I think we can do that and I think it can help. Uh, but I think it's, it's simple things that can really enhance the culture of prayer in our church. Uh, I think the first and foremost, the most important thing is that it needs to be modeled. Yeah. It, it needs to be modeled. It needs to be, we need to set the example as, as staff, as, as, um, ministry leaders, we need to model, what it looks like to live a life of prayer yeah, and to live a life of worship. It's like, you know, I've heard it said before that uh, a kid, you know, when you're raising up your, your children, they learn not by you just telling them, but yeah. by you showing them. Right. And so the same kind of goes in, in the church is like, we can tell people to pray and, and, and we can constantly shove it down their throats. But that's not going to get the car down the street very far. You know, right. that, that might last like, you know, like, like trying to guilt people into to praying more. Right. It's like that might last a week, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but the next week they're just not going to pray again. So it's rather just us setting the example of of what it what it looks like to live a life of prayer. And that I think it, that is shown through examples of our dependence on God. You know, it's yeah. like, well, man, I, I might have some financial persecution and I might be struggling to pay that next bill, but we have put our faith in God and we've, we've prayed to God that he'll provide. And he did. And, you know, right. showing those examples are, are super important. I think that's the, probably the most important thing. Uh, also, I think that it needs to be practiced in our worship services. Yeah. yeah big time on Sunday mornings or whenever you have worship services, uh, it, it really needs to be practiced. I know that throughout our worship services, I mean, we'll probably pray three or four times throughout the worship service. And it it, it can kind of be used sometimes in a lot of churches as like a, a cheesy transition. It's like, oh, yeah, we don't yeah. we don't really know what else to do. So we're just going to going to pray. But, you know, I think that it being practiced in the worship service is huge, is yeah. huge because there may be a lot of people out there in the congregation that don't really know how to pray. 
Like they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so for it to be modeled on a Sunday morning, for, for them to be hearing that on a Sunday morning, that might encourage them in their own personal uh, prayer life and communication with God. Um, thirdly, I think that it needs to be preached. Preached in a way, though, that we're not just uh, guilting people. Yeah, I think that guilting never works, you know, because like I said, it'll won't get the car down the road very far. But uh, it's it's preaching with this conviction of guys, I'm telling you, prayer works. I've seen it in my life and this is how I've seen it in my life. And so I think it really needs to be preached. Uh, I think also it needs to be talked about in small groups more. Uh, It needs to be uh, talked about from our small group leaders. And uh, yeah, so now one of my favorite books on prayer is. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by uh, Jim Cimbala. I don't know if you've ever read that. Uh-huh. But in that book, it, it's uh, the story of Brooklyn Tabernacle, you know, the Brooklyn Tabernacle mm-hmm. Choir. Um, they basically, when they got there, it was just a small uh, inner city church, really struggling. And what they did is they started praying. They started having prayer meetings. And the coolest thing about it is, as they were praying, God was showing up. And the mm-hmm. church just took off. And now it's a, a mega church. But it really started with this... Uh, dedication to prayer and making sure that it was something that was a priority in the church. Mm -hmm. And so that really, I think, is a key, like you said, being preached and modeled and then made into a priority that this is something that we do as a church. We we gather to pray. We gather and and make sure that, you know, we have prayer teams and we have people that are constantly building that relationship with God and giving people opportunities to pray. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And I know like just any opportunity you have to pray and you know, we did this a little bit at my last church is the staff would kind of like walk through the worship center. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen that before. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're, yeah, yeah. You just walk through the worship center and you just like over every seat, like you're just praying for whoever's going to sit in that seat uh, and for the weekend services. And uh, you just pray that God, you know, touches their life, that God speaks to them, that God reveals himself to them, himself to them. And uh, yeah, I just think <laughs> you know, I love that phrase living in the atmosphere of prayer because it, it, it permeates into everything that we do or it should yeah. permeate into everything that we do. And, uh, yeah, we could always be doing more of it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so in small groups, what are some ways that you encourage your leaders to, uh, to do, to lead their groups into prayer? What's some things that they can do as a, as small groups? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's important for every small group to set aside that that time for prayer, um, whether they that be at the end of their of their group. And I know for our group, we spend the last like 15 minutes or so praying for one another. And what we normally do is we have the guys go in one room and we have the girls go in another room because it's just you know how that is. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to share your requests more with the same gender. And so, um, that's what we do. Um, and, uh, we just really encourage our small group leaders to, to really be intentional about setting that, that time aside yeah. and even, uh, setting up maybe like a Facebook group, like a prayer Facebook group wall thing. If, you, if someone yeah. has a request, they can post on there, Hey, I'm having uh, a surgery on, you know, next Friday at 10 a.m., will you guys set your alarm and pray for me? And so just kind of little things like that. I think social media is huge. It can actually be really helpful, a helpful tool in um, setting prayer requests for your group. And uh-huh. so just little things like that, I think, can can go a long way. Okay. So what are some things that have uh, helped you in your prayer life? What are some maybe some little tips or tricks or what's something that really that you've done over the years that's really spoken to you? 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think for me personally, um, I love that, that phrase. I don't, I think it's just a, a phrase, you know, if you, if you give your first to God, he'll bless the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that's specifically talking about money, right. but also it relates to time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I made it a point in my life, uh, many years ago to, to live that, you know, live that out. It's like the first that I, I give to God and it bless the rest. And yeah. so, um, the first thing in my day that I do is I spend time with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend time in his word and I spend time talking to God. I spend time pouring my heart out to God and sharing my frustrations with him at times. Yeah. Um, and I think that's okay too, you know, and, uh, sharing my, uh, my, my love for him and, and my desire for him and, uh, wanting to grow closer with him. And so I think really just being intentional about your schedule. What does your schedule look like? Because we pull away from prayer because of time, right? You know, we have other things we've got cross country after school. We've got soccer practice at nighttime. We've got work throughout the day. We've got, you know, family time, you uh-huh. sit, dinner time, and then you're putting the kids to bed and then it's bedtime. And you're like, where did my day go? Yeah. And so I think really just seeing your schedule and being intentional about setting that time up. That's why I believe in doing it your quiet time in the morning, because I know for me personally, I can't speak for everybody. If, if what you're doing is working for you, then keep doing that. But for me, it has to be in the morning, uh, my quiet time with the Lord, because I know that if I don't do it in the morning, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so that's my first moment when I first wake up my time of prayer with God. And then throughout my day, it's those little quips of communication, like, uh, God, I'm kind of, you know, feeling this way right now. And will you just take this away from me or will you help me through this? And will you, you, you give me your peace. And, um, so I, it's hard for me to say that there's like one exact thing that has helped, but I know that just being intentional about my time and yeah. being intentional about like doing it first thing in the morning yeah. has helped tremendously for me. I think that's the starting place is finding a place, a time that works best for you and then putting it on your calendar and saying, this is my time yeah. because I know, uh, and also a place. I think having a place and a time. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, mine is in the, we have a sunroom off the back, but it has to be in the morning. If I do it any other time of the day, it's not, it, it's not going to work for me. I have to have it, you know, or about five, mine's about five in the morning. Mm-hmm. I get up about four 30 and, uh, make my quiet time. Uh, and for me, journaling has been big. You know, I've, yeah, I, I write out my prayers. Um, I hate journaling. I do, but it's something that has been, uh, it's kind of a love hate thing. I I don't like journaling, but I found great life. It's been life giving for me. Yeah. It's super life giving. Like I love to journal too, or I know you don't love, but I I do love journaling. Um, but I, I noticed that sometimes what I'll do in my journal is I'll, I'll write down a verse that I'm reading that morning and then I'll, I'll take an arrow from that verse and I'll point it to a box. And in that box, I'll try to write out what that verse is, is talking about. And I can't tell you how many times I'll write out that verse and I'll put that arrow to that box and I'll have nothing to write in the box. Cause I'm like, I don't know what this is, this verse is talking about. But then later on, maybe a week or a month later, God will reveal to me like, or I'll go through something in life that that verse related to, and I'll go back to that verse and write and I'll fill in that box. And it's just that, that 
that picture of that, that seed was planted, but it, it reaped a harvest later. Yeah. You know, it didn't reap a harvest right then and there, but yeah. later. And so what I did with my journal is I, I started doing it digitally. And so, so I have it on my iPad and I, I even do pictures. So I'll go, I take a lot of pictures and then I put a picture with the verse, whatever I'm reading and kind of find one that really suits me. And that's kind of the, uh, the application part of my, of my time and with in prayer kind of ends, that's how I wrap it up. So, but it's just finding different ways that work best for your personality. Like I said, I, I hate the process of journaling, but I like what it does. And I, I love, um, how it, how it helps me to be able to kind of, sometimes I just write out this, is all the stuff that's going on in my heart, God. I, I'm just uh, you're distracted. I got a lot going on here. And then mm-hmm. then I'm able to go and enter my time of prayer. I just have to get, get that off my chest first, and then I can listen um, and be free of that. So and, you know, it doesn't have to be like first thing in the morning. I know, no. like, I recommend You just got to find where, what's like, best for you. Yeah, exactly. I know for me, like, if I don't do it in the morning, I'm just not going to do yeah. it. That's but I know some people that do it at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I kind of picture it like this. It's like... You know, God's word is your sword. Yeah. You know, it's like every day you're going into this spiritual battle. It's like, I'm not going to go into battle without my sword. Yeah. I've already prepped. I'm, I'm going in with my armor on and I'm ready for the day kind of thing. It's like, I don't want to go into battle and then put my armor on later, you know, yeah. but that's just me personally. And so I'm not, What if you do something that's different, but it's yeah. consistent. And I think that consistency is really key there. Um, then, then keep on doing that. Keep on doing what works for you. Yeah. That's the cool thing about it is it's, it's not one size fits all. Yeah, it's not. It, it's, it, we've all been given different personalities. We've been given different, we're wired a little bit different and we just need to, instead of feeling like we have to do it just like this person does it, we need to do it how we feel or how we best connect with God. And so that's the coolest thing for me that I, when I discovered that, that it wasn't, I didn't have to do it just like uh, people that had gone before me, but I could do it my way. And in doing it my way, I feel is much more life-giving. So, yeah, absolutely. So I think just modeling it, giving our people uh, models to look at, talking about it, uh, preaching it, teaching it, showing it in our services, having it in our small groups. Huge. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier is, is not guilting people into it because mm-hmm. that won't last long. It might last for a week. You know, you walk away from a, a prayer guilting sermon and you're like, man, I need to pray more. Yeah. And then that next few days you're like praying hard. And then after that, it just kind of dwindles away. And so yeah. really creating a routine of yourself uh, for yourself and, and your prayer life. And, um, yeah, I yeah, found it's a rhythm. It's having a rhythm of life. It's a rhythm, um, yeah. But I promise you that once you get into that rhythm uh, of prayer, you'll never want to get out of it. Right. You'll never. It is so life-giving when uh, you are in this position, this spot in your life where you are uh, living in the atmosphere of prayer. I mean, it is so life-giving. And uh, uh, if you're not there, uh, I just encourage you to be there because it is. Uh, you'll never want to get out of that again. Once you're in that, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Well, God is in the business of making us into the image of Jesus. That when we are we are a new creation in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is working on us and transforming us. So, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, being a part of this conversation and talking about prayer and how we can implement it in the church. And so, thanks for, cool. for being my guest today. Thank you so much. You're 
Thanks for listening to the Image Makeover Podcast. We're a brand new podcast, so please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Also, make sure to check out our website, theimagemakeover.com. See you next time.